Hi there, welcome back to episode two of ABP's Now We're Talking Farming, a special podcast for Northern Ireland farm families. I'm Karen Patterson. The coronavirus pandemic has certainly changed our lives, so I'm talking with others from farming backgrounds about some of the things we're already dealing with and will continue to have to cope with in these exceptional times. The lockdown's been tough on young people. It's hard to believe that school is out for summer, but then it was out for spring too, wasn't it? And with many exams cancelled and university lectures moving to online, it's an uncertain and even anxious time. A recent report suggested school leavers could be the worst hit by the economic impact of the coronavirus crisis, with a shortage of jobs and apprenticeship schemes drying up as companies count the cost. So anything that can give you an advantage is going to be even more important. And we might just have the answer. Have you considered a future in the agri-food industry? It's worth over a billion pounds to the Northern Ireland economy and there are stacks of opportunities. Many schools have already spotted the potential. What if I told you that Belfast's oldest inner city school had beef cattle grazing on their lawns, all part of the ABP Angus Youth Challenge? Well, let's talk about how you could get in the path to a bright future with Dr. Andrew Bell, Head of Biology at Belfast Royal Academy in Belfast, Lorcan Convery, who has just finished year 14 at BRA, Sarah-Jane Houston, who's a full-time employee with ABP, and the woman who can help you get a place at Lochry College, Caffrey Education Advisor, Liz Simpson. It's great to have you all with us today. Thanks for joining us. Um, Andrew, if I can begin with you, as well as teaching, you're a part-time beef farmer, and you entered a team into the ABP Angus Youth Challenge that made it onto the finalist programme, so congratulations for that. What did the principal say when you suggested beef cattle at the school? Oh, goodness. Hello, Karen. Um, I, I guess it was new for everybody at our school and in particular the principal as well. And um, I mean, our principal was new to our school at the time. And, um, you know, she was the first female principal in the history of our school. Um, so she was well used to new things and innovation. And uh, I guess this sat very much alongside that. I have to say, though, you know, as we started the competition, we we weren't um, you know, fully aware that there would be so many stages as we go through it. And um, that was actually a good thing because what it did was it, it built momentum. And as we progressed through each stage, um, so our story and our journey continued and, and it grew and uh, the snowball, if you like, got bigger and bigger. And on the day of the, the big announcement where the ABP um, representatives come into our and announced that we were finalists. Well, that was just the icing on the cake. Um, so it has been um, just a, an amazing journey, and particularly because it's the first time that the Youth Challenge for ABP was launched in, in the north of Ireland. It's very, very big in the south, and, and when it came north, you know, to ride that first wave as it came through was something very special indeed. What actually was involved practically, and, and what impact did it have on the pupils? Uh, so the the actual uh, competition itself, you know, making it through to the final is is arguably where a lot of the learning actually is for young people. Um, you know, they they have to initially make a, a a video which presents their idea, their concept, um, and then from that, then they go through to a couple of interview stages, and ultimately then a final presentation where you know the finalists are picked from. So in all of that, you know, our young people and all of the young people who are part of this competition. Um, 
you know, they learn communication skills, just confidence to speak in front of, of uh, people, you know, how to cast a vision for their idea to, to an audience as well. And all the time they're speaking to industry experts uh, in the agri-food and agri sectors. So the exposure is phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, you make it to the final and, you know, you go to Balmoral, you're presented with five cows and you have to feed them. I guess it's a bit like being a father or a mother for the first time, you know, the first night that you're left with the, the child. Um, and I guess the responsibility then is to rear these five cows for the next um, 18 to 20 months. Uh, so they learn an awful lot about animal husbandry, about daily life weight gain, about nutrition, about health, all of those which, you know, in terms of beef production, all of the things that must be really efficient. Well, let's bring Lorcan in on that. Hi, Lorcan. You were actually named an outstanding individual achievement winner of ABP's Angus Youth Challenge. So congratulations for that. But what to me is even more remarkable, Lorcan, is that you had absolutely no farming background or knowledge before you entered. Why did you want to get involved? Um, hi, how are you doing? I think when it was first put out to us, it was obviously quite, it was, everyone thought it was quite random about why, why would this competition be for a city school? But it was put to us as anyone who's interested in any form to do with the competition, such as the veterinary aspect of it, the food industry, and even for me, what brought me to wanting to apply to it was the business side of it. At the time, I had just began studying business studies, and I thought that that was kind of where I wanted to go into in terms of my career. But I had no idea what part, if I wanted to specialise or go more general. So I thought I might as well, might as well put in the essay and see that if I can actually get onto the team and do something different. I mean, a lot of my friends were wondering kind of why I wanted to even get involved in the first place, but I saw it as a challenge. I thought it was something different and something that if, if it worked and we were successful, it could, it could really help me in the future. Your project was City Farm. Now that was a, an investment concept for farm finance. What did you actually learn? Well, between the whole city farming thing, when we first came up with the idea, we thought of, because obviously being a city school, we thought, how can we incorporate that part into our plan itself? So we thought city farming, it was a perfect idea so that farmers could actually go to the investors themselves and not have to go to the banks. Now we decided that we actually wanted to put this into play. So we found an investor um, who actually wanted to invest with us on like a, on, on a low sort of basis, not too much money, but still enough for us to see the kind of figures. And what we did learn is that the actual city farming working directly with the farmers working directly with the investor and the investor getting a six percent return on average if not more and um, our investor actually did get a bit more than the six percent and it was brilliant for the small scale but actually when you went on to larger scale there were still teething issues there and you, you kind of needed the the banking finance in there as well to kind of make it all get together but i think even just having that experience getting to visit the banks and everything was incredible it was, it was so beneficial so is it going to influence your career, this whole ABP experience? Are you going to move into farming or will the finance perhaps be your path? But obviously with that extra experience you've gained. Mm -hmm. I think before before the competition, I really hadn't thought about finance at all in terms of business. I was kind of thinking more of a consultancy route, how I could do that. But with the project that we were set by ABP with the farm finance side, when we became one of the finalists, it kind of made me, it, it kind of, allowed me to see that I actually was really interested in the finance finance side of business and whether that then will progress in me going into the finance sector or accountancy or whatever. Um, it kind of opened that door up to me and kind of opened my mind up to that. 
the degree I hope to study at university is quite a general business degree. So it kind of opens my mind up to every aspect. It lets me see everything. But I I had never thought of finance before. I always loved maths, but I, I never thought that I'd want to do it. But even just visiting the banks and getting to see all these figures, I, I was really interested in it. So it could, yeah, definitely be a potential future option for me. Fantastic. Andrew, just to bring you back, entries for the competition are opening again in September. And you have another team that has reached this year's semi-final. What would you say to farm yeah. families who have teenagers that could take part? I would say absolutely uh, go for this and F you at the North Coast. And, you know, he didn't apply for it. He didn't see it. And and looking back, you know, he really could have uh, gained a lot from this. Um, and, the, you know, the beauty about it is that, you know, you can apply as a team, maybe even as two people or three. Uh, there happen to be, uh, you know, the larger number for us. Um, and, uh, you know, you win five calves and whether that's between two people or three people, um, then the incentive is obviously, you know, quite a, a substantial financial one. But I would say definitely uh, consider doing this because the skills that you would gain, uh, as I said before, you know, just even in the competition stages, uh, those those skills of presentation, they're so, so valuable. And it's just about confidence um, and developing young people's uh, confidence and, and widening their perspectives. You know, I think... <laughs> You know, we, we always talk about COVID and, and so on. And and I believe young people now, you know, they're they're growing up in a in a world that has shifted even from this time last year. Um, you know, COVID I think has has really jumped us forward five to ten years in terms of of just what's expected in terms of uh, you know, how we think about the world around us and how we interact in business. And that is now a reality for young people that um, you know, the future that maybe would have developed naturally over five to ten years it's right here and and we've got to move and, and northern ireland you know i'm really really hopeful for young people um that uh, they can they can maybe exploit that as much as they possibly we can move quicker than most because of our size so i would say absolutely this sort of thing pairs young people for a future career uh, and a, a future um for northern ireland actually as a whole Sarah Jane, you're from a, a farming family near Kilkeel and a full-time employee with ABP. Was agri-food something you always wanted to do? Yes, um, from a young age, um, I was working with um, livestock, um, beef, sheep and pigs. And um, from then, from a young age, I always had that perspective of working in uh, the food industry. I always had that um, thought in my head where, where did the animals go and the processes they went through um, until they reached a finished product in the supermarket. Um, and from there, then uh, whenever I reached GCSE level, I then went and looked at courses in Lockley College, particularly food technology. The, the the specific stepping stones that gave you an advantage because you had an early association with ABP, didn't you? Yes. Um, in May 2017, they advertised a bursary. Um, I applied for their bursary. It was their first bursary um, that they ever gave to Lockery. And um, I applied for it and it was a, a, an assignment to do with farm traceability and I got awarded a substantial amount of money and then I was invited along to an interview for a placement role within retail and from then I worked within retail and I was asked to come back part-time in my final year and since I graduated I am now a technical supervisor.
Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Good company to work for, Sarah. It is great. Um, every day is different. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the main thing. Um, listening to, to Sarah there, uh, Liz, it's worked out incredibly well for her. She's gone through GCSE, she's got a bursary, and now she's got a full-time job. You're an education advisor with CAFRI. I'm curious as to whether or not you think coronavirus, listen to Andrew, he said it has changed prospects for young people, but do you think, in a sense, coronavirus has put a spotlight on the essential work of the agri-food sector, raised awareness, perhaps, of the importance of the food supply chain in Northern Ireland in a way that it hadn't been perhaps appreciated previously. Yeah, um, good afternoon, Karen. I, I, I agree with that for sure. I think the pandemic, despite the challenges and the anxieties that it's created, it has given, I think, school leavers who might've been thinking about a career in agri-food but were nervous about it, it's given them the confidence boost to consider it as a real viable option. One of the lovely things about my job is I get invited into schools uh, to talk to pupils from year 10 when they're making their GCSE subject choices all the way up to year 14 when they're thinking about university options. And it's really just talking to them about the diversity of careers available in the land-based sector. And I think that's maybe what makes CAFRI you know, unique and sets us apart from the other sort of academic institutions in Northern Ireland because we're the only land-based college in Ireland. And so the, the courses that we have dovetail perfectly into the careers available in the agri-food industry. And there's a nervous Talk to us about the diversity. Sorry to cut across you, Liz, but talk sure. to us about the, the diversity. I think it's fair to say that there have in the past been misconceptions, even prejudices, about what work in the agri-food sector might be like. Yeah, for sure. And that's a myth that myself and my colleagues at CAFRI have been trying to bust for years and will probably continue to do so. Although I do think, as I say, the pandemic has shone a light on the type of work that's available out there. And so, you know, Sarah Jane is a perfect example. You know, he came into us age 16 with a farming background, not really sure what aspect of industry that she wanted to go into. The nature of the national diploma course that she studied at Lockery campus, that gave her a wee flavour of all aspects of the industry, different sectors, different career opportunities. And then she progressed that through into the degree and now working with ABP. But certainly we all have students coming in with maybe a science interest. And they're not really sure what they want to do with that science, but that will bring them into maybe looking at um, work in a quality environment and a technical environment and all the testing and traceability to make sure that the food on supermarket shelves, you know, we, we can stand over it. Um, it's quality. But then equally, we might have students coming in with a, a nutritional interest. And so it's not so much working in a laboratory environment and a technical environment. They're very much interested in product development and the role of the de development chefs and the nutritionists in creating varieties of food that's nutritionally balanced, that's healthy, but that serves different people that have got, you know, maybe different re dietary requirements. And, and so they might want to pursue a career in nutrition or product development. But then equally, we might have students coming in with a business studies background, like Lorcan mentioned there, and they're not interested in, in the production aspect of food. They're not too interested in how it's made or, or how many calories are in it. They're very interested in the sales and the marketing and the economics that Lorcan talks about and the procurement of how we get our food in from around the world and, uh, you know, and how we get it back out again. And so there's so many careers from, as I say, from 
from retail to production to processing to back on the farm and the primary processing stages there. It's, it's endless. And, you know, oftentimes I might meet uh, school, school pupils in a school environment and say, well, I really want to do farming, but mom and dad says there's no jobs in agriculture, so not to choose agriculture. Or I like the idea of working in a food industry, but I don't know really where I see myself. And I definitely think to go back to your original question, the pandemic, where the, the campaigns that you have seen where key workers are being thanked and um, food heroes, you know, campaigns that you've seen and news and social media ch uh, channels, that has definitely profiled the diversity, um, the dynamics that's in the industry and the, the long held careers that are there. I mean, my inbox, you talk about, you know, Andrew referred to, you know, the shift for school leavers. My inbox is never stopped pinging this whole, you know, three months of lockdown in inverted commas with the food industry, agri-food industry looking for um, students for placement opportunities, looking for graduates to come and work for them ASAP. So, so there's definitely a confidence that has come from the pandemic. And as I say, Sarah Jane's an, an excellent example. And she told you about winning the bursary and she told you about her placement, but she was too modest to tell you about also winning the award from AVP on graduation day um, for achieving top marks. So, you know, that's, that's the joy that we have, you know, and we see them coming through at such a young age, not knowing where they see themselves, but us being able to open so many doors for them. You can certainly see, see the pleasure that gives you in, in your face talking to you today, Liz, but we're talking in early July. Is time running out to get an application on for a course with you at the moment? What, how do we go about the process, given that there weren't even A-levels this year? From a year 14's point of view, we have been keeping in regular contact with those students who that have already applied to us through the UCAS system. I was given the uh, the job of, of hosting a couple of webinars, my first venture into online uh, virtual webinars. And I hosted a webinar a couple of weeks ago, specifically with A-level school leavers in mind who still don't know yet their grades, equally the same with the GCSEs, and just telling them what their options are. And we're still accepting applications and we're still accepting them. And it's just a case of going through the UCAS system, coming come in contact with ourselves at CAFRI, or whenever we find ourselves in a clearance situation, we're open for business come September, of course, observing strict guidelines, but we're open for business. The nature of the learning by doing of our programs means we need students on campus so that they can get the hands-on experience that they need to, to keep safe and to learn how to do their job. And are well. you clear about how learning will look in September, Liz? Will it, that kind of contradicts what I was thinking of, of a lot of university courses, for example, being online. You're saying, are you, that students should be on campus? We, now, not all of them, Karen, because the nature of social distancing means that we have to observe the government guidelines. But we are clear that we are open on all three campuses for registration on the 7th of September and then with classes starting on the 14th of September. Now, that might mean, and what we're looking at at the minute is possibly giving priority to first year students who are coming into Capri for the first time. They absolutely need to meet their course lectures and their course teams. They need to meet their classmates. Um, and so they'll be given first priority. After that, then our further education students who very much um, the focus of their learning is learning by doing, whether that's in an agricultural setting or in, a, in the food setting at the campuses, they will be brought on campus in small groups, um, whether it's doing laboratory work, whether it's working with the livestock, whether it's manufacturing in our sensory you know, kitchens. 
Um, and then after that, we look to see how we can accommodate our honours degree students because the nature of the learning, their learning means they can work slightly more remotely the way we have been doing over these last number of months. But we're, we're excited. And, and that's, of course, we always have to put a caveat in here in, in the hope that we don't see a second wave of the pandemic coming our way, in the hope that um, guidance continues to relax gradually and safely. We're open for business in September and we're looking forward to it. And that's the thing, social distancing isn't really a problem for us because the numbers of CAFRI are quite small. We're just like a big school, really. So it's not something <laughs> frightened of. It's not something we're frightened Brilliant. of. We're ready for it. Great to end on such a positive, positive note. Thank you um, so very much, uh, Liz Simpson there, uh, Andrew Bell, Lorcan Convery and Sarah Jane Houston. And good luck to any students listening. I hope we've been able to give you some extra options that you might not have considered until now. Thanks again for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can find the podcast link on the ABP Facebook and give us a share. In episode three of Now We're Talking Farming, we'll be looking at health and well-being. We know, don't we, many of us can feel isolated and a bit overwhelmed with the pace of change in the industry. But isolation and uncertainty has been something everyone has had to deal with recently. We're going to be talking to some people who can help us cope when the going gets tough. All of the ABP Now We're Talking Farming podcast with me, Karen Patterson, are available at www.abpsustainabilitystory.com forward slash news forward slash. Till next time. Bye bye.